What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. All right, welcome back to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners, friends, family, wherever you're at in the world. Uh, grateful that you've made the time to join us today, and we've got a fun guest with a unique, dynamic, and just really an amazing background, and I'll introduce him here in just a second. But we want to say thank you to you wherever you're at in the world. We appreciate you, the things that you're doing. We hear these stories of all the things that are happening in your lives, and, and you're the reason we do this. Uh, so we thank you, the listener, and we try to bring you some of the very best guests in the world, people who have made a difference, influencers from all different walks of life. And I want to introduce you to Jimmy Rex today. He is definitely an influencer, someone who's had an impact in my life in a lot of different ways. And he's a, he's a person that I've actually followed now for years. We played racquetball together like four or five years ago, and I think I'm still sore from that game. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I've just known Jimmy for years, and, and it's probably been two or three years since we've actually talked, but I've been following him on, him on social media. And Jimmy is just an extraordinary person. He has a background in real estate, and, and we'll get into some of that here in a few minutes. Uh, but he's risen to the top of his game. He is among the top 1% of realtors throughout the nation. And what I wanted to have him back on our podcast for was to share some of those things that he's done that have had such a big impact in his life. And I say back because we had him on the podcast about three or four years ago, but just watching his own personal evolution, he's in a totally different part of his life right now. And I know that he has some great thoughts to share with us. And so first of all, Jimmy, welcome to the show. Well, I appreciate that. It's, uh, it's fun to be back on. Well, it's fun to have you here. And before we jump right into this, and I'm gonna, I really want to turn a lot of this time over to you so that we can get into some of these things that have had a big impact in your life. The, the biggest part of this introduction that I wanted to convey is, look, it doesn't matter what our background is. It doesn't matter what our career or our profession is. There are certain things that will propel any person to the top of their career, their profession, if they do those things. And, you know, sometimes it falls under the guise of what you've heard as personal development or self-development. And people that really, truly focus on these principles and these high-performance habits, they will rise to become the best at what they do. And it translates into every industry across every spectrum. So Jimmy happens to be a realtor as one of the things that he focuses his time and attention on. But I want to talk about the journey that has gotten him to this point to where he's at the top 1% of his particular game. And so let's focus on this personal journey that you've had, Rex, especially, you know, Jimmy, over the last few years, what's, what's done it for you and what's made such a difference in your life? So there's a couple of things, Rob, but when I think kind of what's got me to where I am today, one of the funny things is, you know, Tom Bilyeu, who's the founder of Quest and he's billionaire and one of the top thought influencers of our day now, he said for 17 years, nobody knew my name. And then all of a sudden I was an overnight success. And with real estate or like with my own career, I kind of look at my life as had these like three parts to it. It's like, if it was a play, I just entered the third piece of it. But part one, I mean, for whatever reason, work ethic was just one of those things. I, I don't know if that was my LDS mission or my father was really good. I had really good coaches growing up, but I just, I loved working hard. And it's that from when I was 22 years old, I got my real estate license and immediately I just dove all in. I actually had a 
ton of debt. I had $120,000 debt from a failed meat company. Oh man. And at 22 years old with $120,000 debt, you feel like the entire world is on top of you. And I was like, I literally was like, no girl's ever going to want to go on a date with me. I have all this debt. I, my life is, and I just, I was backed up against the wall so far and so hard that I knew I had to come out swinging. And so I truly did put in for several years, 60, 70 hours a week. And it was so satisfying because you're getting rewarded when you're working that hard, you're getting sales, you're getting deals, you're getting attention from people that uh, you care about getting the attention from. And I, you know, my first full year as a real estate agent, I actually sold 60 houses. And so I got some really cool mentors that took me under their wing. Cause I was kind of just like little phenoms, this 22 year old that was just selling a ton of real estate. And then, you know, I started getting a big head and wouldn't you have it? The 2007, 2008 collapse happened, <laughs> happened. And as soon as I'd gotten all that debt paid off, all of a sudden I got a couple houses. I'm upside down a couple hundred grand again on, because with everything falling apart and now I can't sell a house, you know, I went from selling 98 homes in my second year to like 35 the next year. And it's all of a sudden you get humbled and you realize, man, you know, I, I don't control as much of this as I thought, but it's just this refining process that over and over and over the course of 10 years, you know, I went on, I've been on, I've been to 28 countries in the last 16 months. I love to travel. I love to play. I've been on 110 days of vacation so far in 2019. And I just love to do things because that's how I've built my network. I've built my relationships, which I value the most. But from 2000, like from age 24, from like 2006 to 2012, I didn't go on a vacation for more than three days. Like I didn't leave the country for eight years. I was so dialed in on working and I just honor that piece because what happens is we get caught up in this idea of like success happens if I do something and then the success doesn't come and we think it's not working. But unfortunately, most people just underestimate the amount of effort and time that takes. Like Tom says, I mean, 17 years, he was grinding at something before he hit it. And like, for me, it's funny because I have a bird's eye view now and I can like, everybody's seeing all this success. It kind of became more public as I've put myself more in the public domain. But it's like, I earned all this for 10 years. It was all those times where I couldn't see the reward where, you know, we're wired, I think at a DNA level to Anything that hurts short term is good for us long term. Anything that is feels good short term is is bad for us long term. And so, unfortunately, we fall into this trap of often doing the easy thing today or the thing that feels good today. When in reality, the things that are best for us are those things. And so, I just always had a long term perspective. I, I always, you know, one of the blog posts I wrote said, "Honor your future self with your work today." And I always did that. I'd put things on my vision board. I'd put things on my wall ideas I want to do, people I want to hang out with. And, and I just was naive enough to think that I was going to make this all happen. And I got to be honest with you, I've had two vision boards now and I've probably made 80% of the things on that, on those two boards happen. I've been able to actually create this life, but it didn't happen how I thought. I thought it would come a lot sooner and easier than it did. But you know, you look back 15 years and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I've been able to create this experience that we call a life. And it, it came through that hard work and that attention to actually doing it by design. Yeah, I love that. What a great thought. You know, it's the grind. And maybe that's one of the pitfalls. There's so many good things about social media, but there's also some pitfalls. And and one of the potential pitfalls, in my opinion, of social media is that it it doesn't show that grind and that back work. You know, you see what looks like success and you're like, man, they've done this or they've done that. And there's this internal comparison that happens, but you just see them where they are at this moment. What you don't see is all that back work and that grind. Like you said, that 60, 70 hours, 80 hours a week that you were putting in in the beginning. Yeah. And it almost is a little bit of a disillusion because we see people for where they are and they say, oh, they're so successful. You know, they, it just fell in their lap or they were lucky or whatever the case might be. But 
with just that snapshot on social media, you don't see that grind that is there well, almost I'll take 100% it a, of the time. I'll take it a step further. One of the things you don't see on social media is the joy that comes with the grind. That's the part that you really can't see. You can't see, you see the joy when you're at the beach. You see the joy when you're at the sporting game or whatever, the big sports event, the Super Bowl, the World Series. You see the joy when you're out hanging out with your friends, doing all these cool parties and things. But if you can't see how much fulfillment and joy comes from falling asleep in your suit because you worked so hard and waking up that next morning going, wow, I really went at it yesterday. And you can't see the fulfillment. Like I'll give you an example. This girl called me on Sunday. And she said, hey, I, I'm going to get a little vulnerable here. She's like 24, 25. She's in L.A. And she's trying to make it as an actress. And she works part time. And she she said, hey, I'm, I've got this crazy amount of debt. And I've never told anybody because I'm embarrassed about it. But I don't know what to do. I need like practical advice. I need help getting rid of this. And she starts telling me about her, her life. And she said that she said, you know, I've been working so hard, but I can only work 15 hours a week. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> wait, wait, say that again. And, you know, and then she said, well, I'm, I'm doing acting classes. I'm doing these improv classes. I'm doing this other stuff. I'm doing these pageant things. I said, you need to get very strategically unbalanced in your life and fix this issue. And I told her what I looked like when I was working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week. And she said something and it, it hit me and I, was, I couldn't believe it. And she said, how did you keep from getting depressed when you were working that hard? And I was like, oh my gosh, this girl has associated hard work with being depressed. And it's the opposite. Anybody that's worked hard knows the fulfillment and the satisfaction. I said, I'll be honest, I wasn't any year happier in 2008 when I was working, you know, 70 hour weeks and trying to close a single deal in a week sometimes with real estate than I am today where I get to do all the things I've ever dreamed of. Like I wasn't any happier then because there's so much fulfillment and so much joy that comes from the hard work. And it's really hard to emphasize or to, you know, to show that through a social media, you can't, you have to actually do it to understand it. And most people don't even know what that truly looks like to really give that much effort towards something to get ahead in life. Yeah. I love that, Jimmy. And just to throw one more thought on that, at least in my experience, it's a lot easier for someone to find joy if what they're doing is in alignment with their vision. In other words, you know, I'm sitting there having a, a across the fence talk with my neighbor. We have a, about five acres and a couple of horses. And so we're, you know, leaning our arms up on the fence and just talking. And he's a down to earth guy. And he was talking about my son. We're talking about him going to college. And he said, have him find something that he loves to do, not something that is just a title, that is a, a means to an end. Have him start with something he loves to do. And it'll be so easy for him to sustain and, and do it and, and be a part of it and, and work hard and grind. And I thought that was really sage advice. In other words, do something you love to do rather than something that you hate for five years as a means to an end. Start out doing something you love to do, and then it is a lot easier to find joy when you're going in there. So, Jimmy, I have another question for you. People don't just happen upon success, right? Of all the people that we know, it doesn't just magically appear. There are certain things mm -hmm. that are predictors of success. You got mentors. You put in the work. You had a vision. You've had two vision boards. These are principles that govern success very predictably. And I loved one of your posts that you shared, and I may not get the numbers exactly right, so you can correct the numbers, but I thought this was a great example of an evolution in a mindset. And we all go through this. We all start with a mindset that we grew up with as children. We go through it in our early 20s and we develop further, and then we continue to develop this mindset and it grows as long as we're willing to invest in ourselves and continue to learn and develop and grow and get mentors, et cetera. But what I want you just to talk about for a second, if you will, is your shift in mindset that you've had from the time you started until now and where this question comes from is, if I saw it correctly, you had been friends with this particular person for a long time and he finally sold a home that was like $30 million. He chose you to be the realtor that helped him close the sale and the home. 
because of his relationship with you that you've had for years. And you look back on your life and you said, it was my dream to sell a home over a million dollars, you know, way yep. back when. And now here you are closing a $30 million deal, which obviously if you rewind the clock all the way back at the beginning, that would have been almost incomprehensible. But now you did it. And not only did the million dollar home, but now you're, you know, you close a $30 million home. So talk about the evolution of your mindset. Long story short, really close friend of mine, a guy named Trevor Milton. He's the founder of Nikola Motors. He was just in Forbes magazine about three weeks ago as the newest billionaire. And he and I met 10 years ago in Lake Powell on a houseboat trip and became friends. And yeah, so when I got into real estate, one of my big goals was I wanted to sell a million dollar home. That was just such a is that million dollar, you know, it's like, you want to make a million dollars. You want to be a millionaire. It was like, I wanted to sell a million dollar home. And it took me, Rob, it took me eight years to sell my first million dollar home. I remember I sold one for like six seventy, and I sold one for seven twenty five, And I said, one day I'll get there. <laughs> well, fast forward. And you know, in May, Trevor buys this house. And to give you an idea, up until Trevor bought this property, the most expensive home in the history of the Utah MLS was 17 million. This was 30, it was actually 32.5 million. So it was almost double the most expensive home ever sold in Utah. That one check, my commission check was more than I made in 2008, 9, 10, and 11 combined to, to kind of paint a picture here. And I get about, you know, 20 minutes of work on it before my team took it over and took it to the finish line. And I, when I was talking to Trevor, he's one of my closest friends now. We just developed this relationship over years. And I actually invested in his company, one of the first investors five years ago. And he basically added me to the contract. And um, I said to him, you know, when we were getting the deal done, he's one of those guys that's just very direct, very straight to the point. And he said, I said, I hope you use me just because, you know, you knew I was the best agent for the job. And he's so funny. I just love this about Trevor. But he goes, no, that was a gift. <laughs> he goes, I could add any agent to that. He goes, that was a gift because you believed in me and you've been one of my closest friends for 10 years. And I just know your heart. I know your loyalty. I know who you are. And it was actually kind of endearing, even though it was kind of like, he, he was just so like, no, this had nothing to do with your expertise. But what I realized was what I've worked so hard on all these years is becoming who I am and it's my heart and my friendships and my relationships. And it truly is like, you can't understand that until you like have time to look back and see it. But my business is so relationship oriented. Now Zig Ziglar always says, if you want to get everything you want in life, help enough other people get what they want. And I just subscribed to that at a young age. I just always said, if I can create enough value, if I can truly create enough value for other people, my life is going to be blessed. And you know, you said in the last few years, what have you specifically done? And what happened is instead of trying to be an influencer for a few years that I was trying to be an influencer, I was trying to, you know, be a famous person or whatever. And then all of a sudden I said, I'm just going to start giving out value. I have enough expertise. I have enough history. I have enough things that I'm doing. I have enough mentors. I just started giving value everywhere I could. I started doing my daily motivation series where every morning people wake up, they get an email with a three minute video for me. I started doing my podcast, you know, never even tried to monetize I started doing a lot of trainings and coaching. I started, everybody that reached out to me, I'd start meeting with them and spending this time. All of a sudden, all these opportunities start finding me. You know, I had another friend that bought a $1.7 million house like two months ago. And we walked through them. He'd called me, he'd found it. He called me up and he walks through and he goes, all right, I want it. Just get the best deal you can. I know you'll do the best on it. And <laughs> he closed 10 days later cash. And I met that guy undercover working with Operation Underground Railroad. Like, he trusts me. We're brothers. Like that dude, I didn't need to sell him. I don't need to tell him why I'm better than the latest technology. I don't need to pitch myself against other realtors. We, I just, because of who I am, because of who he is, we have that relationship. And that's kind of what my whole life has kind of been able to do that. And so the book I just came out with, you know, the next wave of influence in real estate, 
I just wanted to create enough value for other people. And what happened was when I was a young realtor, because of those first two years, I got some really cool opportunities to be around the top agents in the country. Mike Ferry was my original real estate coach. And he put together these masterminds all over the country. And we'd go and we'd sit at tables with the top agents in the country, guys selling 500, 1,000 homes a year, crazy. And I'm this little punk kid just soaking up all this information. It really helped develop who I am. And I wanted to recreate that experience for others, but I didn't want to, you know, do these big conferences. And so I interviewed the top 100 millennial real estate agents from all over the country. It took me forever. Put this book together with all their thoughts, their golden nuggets, their routines, their habits, all these things that make them successful. And I put it in this book and I sent it out to the world. And, you know, I'm getting messages daily. I got one 45 minutes ago, a guy that bought it and, you know, was just thanking me for it. He bought two for his two friends now. And I realized that if I just create this value, if I can just put out enough good things in the world that, you know, all that will find their successful fund. You know, we hit Amazon bestseller and all these other things that are happening, but it truly all goes back to, we have to become the asset. We have to always be working on ourselves. And for me, I had a great background. I had a really good coaches as a kid. And I had, you know, the church for a really long time. The LDS church that I grew up in was serving me at a high, high level. And then honestly, I kind of made a little bit of a pivot where I said, I need to go find other things. I kind of felt like I'd plateaued a little bit with those teachings. And I found Tony Robbins and I found Tim Ferriss and I found Lewis Howes. I found Brendan Burchard and Dean Graziosi and all these other thought leaders. And I started just filling my mind with so much positive things. And I took all the best of all of it. And all of a sudden you create more and more the person that you've always wanted to become. And you start to develop different abilities and skills that you wouldn't have otherwise acquired. And so that's kind of, I guess you said, what was your path these last few years? That's specifically what I've done is just always try to surround myself with the best people where I can grow and learn from them and being humble enough to know that you don't have the answers. Like you have ideas and you, but being open to the idea that, you know, you always can learn more and more. And that truly does help you get a wider perspective and be able to touch more people along your path. Oh yeah. And I mean, you just threw out so many nuggets in one shot there you know, relationships make all the, diff- they're not a small thing. Relationships are everything, you know, our network yes. reading often. You talked about some different names, people that you've, you know, you've read their books, you've attended their seminars. Even a deeper, a deeper level. I found a way to get proximity to all these people. I've had brunch for 90 minutes with Tim Ferriss. We hung out on New Year's Eve. I was able to go hang out for a full weekend with Brendan Burchard and Dean Graziosi. We went undercover with Tony Robbins um, and Glenn Beck. I have, I've found ways to not just like read these people to actually go see them. You people like you, like when I met you, I wanted to get to know you better. So I immediately, we set something up and we went and we played racquetball. I got actual proximity where I got an actual relationship. I've done this with all these thought leaders and all these people, you know, and I, that was the whole, you know, reason I wanted to just, the more value I give, the more I find opportunities for me too. The host always gets the most, but yeah, you're right. Like it's, it's really putting forth an actual plan and effort to have these people in my life. It's not just this idea or this, you hear people say it, or I'm not just retweeting them. I'm literally finding how to put myself in their life. I've spent over a half a million dollars on self-development and coaching and training and all these things. I did the math on it. It's a crazy amount of money, but I became the asset because of all that training that I did. Oh yeah, 100%. And you mentioned, and I don't want our listeners to gloss over this, so let's come back to it, Jimmy. You mentioned that you have written a new book. And that's one of the things that I wanted to highlight on here. Can you again mention what the title of it is and, and what the real intent of that book is? Yeah. So it's called The New Wave of Influence in Real Estate. And again, it was it's, it's like I took the best material from the top 100 millennial rate, real estate agents that are having huge success 
And I put all that information in that book. So it's meant to be read kind of like Tim Ferriss's Souls of Titans and Tribe of Mentors, where you, you know, if you need a little mindset break, like back when the real estate market was really hard in 2008, 2009, we would take 15 minute mindset breaks and go read something good to get our mind right. And and that's kind of what the book's designed to do is just take a few minutes, read a few of the interviews, get a couple of golden nuggets, get an idea for your day, figure out a little bit how to be a little more productive or a little bit better organized that day, and then go out and you know improve yourself 1% every day. Since we're on that, what's the best way for people to get that book? Uh, just it's on Amazon. So if you just type in my name into Amazon, Jimmy Rex pops up and yeah, it's the first thing that pops up on that. Yeah, perfect. Okay, awesome. Yeah, highly recommend that everyone get that book. I'm going to go read it because just one piece of, information. I, you know, I reason I'm going to read that amongst many others, number one, you're the author number two. And I can't remember who this was that said it, but they said, essentially I'll go to a seminar. I'll invest whatever it takes in coaching. You know, I'll buy whatever DVD set. I'll read whatever book with the intent to just get one golden nugget. And the compounding effect of that over time is immeasurable. And so heck yeah. I mean, someone like you, who's had this incredible journey, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of nuggets in there. So I'm going to read it. I'm going to recommend it. And we'll put a link in the podcast so that people can find it there as well. One last question. Love it. Well, actually two last questions. I think we have time for two here. In a couple minutes or less, because I really want to focus this on the individual, but since you're one of the leading experts in the world on this, and especially in the United States, what's the current state of the real estate market from your perspective? I mean, I, people are going to listen to this down the road, but here we are, it's 2019 towards the latter part of the year. As you see it now, what's a snapshot of the current real estate market? What should people be thinking about? Yeah. So there's a couple of key indicators that we look at that kind of determine what you should do. And number one is affordability. That basically means for the average gross income in your area, what is the average person can afford comfortably to have as a mortgage payment or rent? And what are the actual numbers? And depends upon your city. Some of them are still great. Some are a little bit scary right now. But the number one thing we tell our investors, so I'll sell, you know, my team is going to sell 285 homes this year, 150 to investors. And the one thing that we look at on everything is what is your plan? Like, what is your actual plan with this? Because if your plan is to hold it long-term for wealth, then there's plenty of markets where you can still cash flow, buy a home for two to 300,000, cash flow at three to 400 bucks a month on a rent. And that makes a lot of sense. We're locking the low interest rates, take advantage of this market, take advantage of the rates, and just hold that every single month. You're making money. It's like somebody else is walking over and dropping, you know, uh, this huge check into your bank every single month as they pay down your principal. So I personally own 15 real estate properties. Every single one of them, I'm making money every month. And it's the equivalent of somebody taking a bag of cash with 10 or 15 grand every single month and dropping it onto my principal. So every month I'm creating wealth by doing that. So what I encourage people to do is, even if you're a little scared with the marketplace right now or what's going on, in the last six recessions in the United States history, only the last one, real estate actually went down in price. It went down 19% as a nationwide number. That's the actual number was 19.2%. And if you look at that, just in the last two years alone, Utah's gone up 16%. We're projected to go up again next year. It's much more likely this stuff will balance out than there's going to be some huge crash or something like that. It's just not realistic. It's not a good time to overextend yourself. And it's probably not a good time to buy more home than you need. But take advantage of the rate. If you're going to be in the house, you're going to be where you want to be or you want to buy an investment property. But cash flow is the king. It always is because in a good back market, bad market, flat market, Every single month, your principal gets paid down on a good investment property as long as it has cash flow. So I'm just telling people, you know, don't try to time the market. It's honestly more likely than it's going to keep going up than it's going down. You know, if there's some huge correction, uh, we're all in big trouble because that means it's following other markets that are doing the same thing. So it won't matter where your money is. 
And so I don't know. I just, I'm very bullish still. I think, you know, nationwide we're projected to sell more homes next year than we are this year. We have a housing shortage still across the country because from 2008 to 2011, there was a very limited number of home starts. And so there's still plenty of opportunity for growth. There's more people still than homes that need them. And so there's just a lot of opportunities there. Awesome. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a lot of great information in a short amount of time. You can tell that you've uh, thought about that. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's, it's a difference. Like, you know, I take my career very serious. I have a master's degree in real estate. I sold over 2000 homes. Now I have the best coaches in the country and I literally study for an hour a day what's going on with the markets. I can tell you the top 92 markets in America in order almost, you know, I mean, I just, I just study these things so that I actually can do my clients the service that a, a real expert will be able to do. Yeah, I love it. So with our last few minutes, Jimmy, this is kind of a fun twist on a question and talking about your extraordinary life. How do you live an extraordinary life, the things you do? And I, if you don't mind, could I just share a very brief 30-second version of your Lake Powell experience? Of course. <laughs> Anybody should go search for this. It's one of the best, funniest videos I've watched. I mean, I know that Jimmy loves to go down to Lake Powell, which is a lake uh, here in Utah in the United States, a beautiful, incredible place, one of the prettiest places on our planet. They rented this houseboat, and whatever caused it to start sinking, it was really basically sinking. And there's this YouTube video of him at the helm, and he's like, you know, I'm the captain of the ship. And they nursed it into the harbor. They barely made it. They had the Coast Guard following him. But it is one of the best YouTube videos. So, you know, if you search for, like, Jimmy Rex, Lake Powell, or Jimmy Rex houseboat, you can watch this video. And this is a snapshot of the adventurous person that Jimmy is. You, you know, you heard him say that he's visited 20-plus countries in the last 18 months. I know that this is a big part of your life. So talk about this. How do you live an extraordinary life? Some of the things that you do, just talk about that for a few minutes and then we'll wrap this up. Yeah, it's even worse. It was my houseboat. I didn't rent it. It was mine. Oh, that but was I yours? Knew. I said, you know what? I'm just oh. gonna... Well, I, I grew up with, a, you know, like if something went wrong, my dad would lose it and get, start yelling. And I just, I didn't ever want to be like that. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to, no matter what, I'll do anything for a good story. So when the houseboat starts sinking, I said, well, I'm going to do my best to get this back to shore. But worst case scenario, this will go viral if I sink this thing. And I mean, we ended up getting 40 million views. We did save the house, but I used it this year. But I didn't know that um, was your house, but I thought it was a rental. I'm like, man, he's dedicated to that rental. <laughs> no, I, I, I had a rental. I probably would have taken a swim and let it sink itself. But no, um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I went to a Tony Robbins seminar a few years ago, The Date with Destiny. And I came up with a mission statement for my life. And my mission statement is the purpose of my life is to share my tremendous love with all of God's children bringing happiness to others through my playful soul and by being an example of living an extraordinary life. Awesome. And it's funny. So I said, and when that came to me, I just, I said, that's it. That's my whole life. And I wanted to really help people to see that you can truly do whatever you want in this life. I think we put these expectations or these rules in place that aren't real rules. And they're usually other people's rules or expectations of what we can and can't do. So I love to break those boundaries. So like, it's funny, you caught me today on Saturday, I'm going with a buddy of mine, the Bucket List family, Garrett G. They're, you know, viral YouTube stars, and he's a close friend of mine. We're going into the middle of the Pacific Ocean. We're going to live on a boat for four days. We're going to swim with great white sharks with no cage. <laughs> and we're just choosing to do that because everybody I talk to says, you can't do that. And well, guess what? Turns out great white sharks don't just attack people, but people don't know this. They just hear about the one time in Australia, it happens every four months. And so they think that great whites are out there eating everything in the ocean. But I love to break norms. Like I have these ideas and if I think of something, I just want to experience it. I want to do it. And so too often, I think people just settle for whatever life gives them, whatever they think their life needs to look like. 
and they give up on their own dreams. And so I'm over here like, I, I don't know, I might die tomorrow. Hell, I might get eaten by the shark. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm going to go out like living my life in a way that I just every single day I live in abundance. I believe that the universe is conspiring in my favor. I, you know, it's funny, this is going to sound so stupid, but I was the other day I was walking and I noticed on my tile on my house, um, there was these little flecks of like silver in them. And I just stopped and I just stared at them. And I said, you can't tell me the universe isn't conspiring in my favor. This little speck, I've seen this tile a hundred times, a thousand times. And my eye has picked up the beauty of it every time, but I've never truly just stopped and appreciated what it is. And the entire universe works that way. Like the, when you woke up today, so many people showed up to life today to make your life a little better. The person that served you your meal at the restaurant and the person that didn't run into you in your lane in traffic and all these little things. And I just kind of have started trying to find the beauty and the gratitude and all that. And what that does is you start to live in an abundance where you realize like I can actually do anything I want to do in this life. Like, you know, all these ideas, everything is designed for me to do what I truly want to do. But the question I ask everybody is, if everything went right in your life for five straight years, what would your life look like? And most people can't answer that question. And so, of course, they just kind of live day to day. They just kind of go to the next thing. What I have done is made a very specific, this is what I want my life to look like. And it's funny because I start driving towards those things. I start working towards those things. Like, who do I want to be friends with? Where do I want to go? What do I want to be doing? Whose lives do I want to touch? What do I want to own? All these different things. And you just start working towards you. It's crazy how the universe truly conspires in your favor to make it happen. 100%, 100%. And I hope everyone will re-listen to this podcast because it has been plumb full of incredible gold nuggets that are so predictable of success in any one of our lives. If we will do these things, they work. You know, our relationships, getting mentors, investing in ourselves, our network, looking at the network of people we associate with, truly believing that everything will work out for our favor. Vision boards. So. I hope people will go back and re-listen to this because it was so many great ideas that you shared, Jimmy. And for people that want to find out more about you, how could they find you? Because I know that you have your own podcast and you have these things that you send out that you've talked about. How could people find you if they want more information? Yeah, so there's two the two easiest ways to see, to find me. Number one, if you want to reach out to me on Instagram is the place I always respond on direct message. Mr. Jimmy Rex is my Instagram. And then that's also my personal website is mrjimmyrex.com. And on that, I have links to everything I do. I have links to my YouTube page, my Facebook page, my um, all the courses I sell. I have a link to all of my podcasts. I have pictures of all my adventures and all the people and places I've been and all the things I get to do. And I have a, a schedule on there of my upcoming events that I'm doing. You know, I'm doing once a month, I'm doing a, some kind of big event for people. And so it's all on my website, mrjimmyrex.com. And then that's my Instagram is mrjimmyrex. Awesome, brother. Well, hey, thanks so much for being on this podcast. We sure appreciate you, Jimmy. You're, you're an amazing person and great friend. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate you, my friend. All right. To all our listeners, hope you have a fabulous week wherever you're at in the world. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, it would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.